All right, we are rolling. Welcome to the You Bet Smart podcast. First of all, sign up at dubclub.win. You can use the search bar to look up You Bet Smart, or you can DM us on Twitter in the Discord for the link to get signed up there. Um, you sign up, it's $50 a month. If you're a $10 better, you made like almost three grand. I think it's like 25 grand since November. No, not if you're a ten dollar better. It's twenty five hundred. Okay. If you're a hun- if you're if you actually have some balls and you bet a hundred dollars <laughs> on every bet, it's then it's twenty five thousand that you would have won, and it's fifty dollars a month. So you bet a hundred dollars a month and you won twenty five grand, and then over those five months you you gave us two hundred and fifty dollars to win the twenty five grand. That's but insanity. It's to like me. a tip or something. Basically. Yeah, it's just you're tipping us. <laughs> Put a little tip in there. <laughs> so sign up at dubclub.win. You bet smart. You can DM us for the link or you can just find it on your own. Um, and we telegraph all the... If you don't know what telegraph is, it's kind of like texting. Telegram. It's telegramming. We'll, we'll telegraph it to you. We'll telegram it to you. <laughs> we'll, we'll send all of our picks to you and you get all of them and then you place the bets. You make money. I don't know why you don't do it. You got to do it. And uh, so dubclub.win, you bet smart. DM us on Twitter. Our Twitter is at you bet smart. What's the podcast Twitter, Chris? At U B E T S M A R T podcast. So at you bet smart podcast. There you go. Sign up on there too. <laughs> All right. Subscribe to our, our podcast too. Okay. So let's get into the $10,000 bankroll. We talked about it a little bit on the podcast that we released a couple days ago, but what is your $10,000 bankroll at right now, Jake? Uh, my $10,000 bankroll is up 16926 for a 169% return in roughly four months. Four so- and a half months, sorry. So if you started with ten thousand dollars, your bankroll is at uh, twenty six thousand nine hundred and twenty six dollars. Twenty six thousand, and we're just to let remind everybody what we're doing. We're going to go twenty thousand dollars to a million dollars, and we're going to give ourselves five years to do it. Yeah, I have a ten thousand dollar bankroll where I'm doing team bets. You have a ten thousand dollar bankroll where you're doing player props. And your $10,000 bankroll is now at $26,000 around there. Exactly. My $10,000 bankroll has plummeted all <laughs> the way down to 13000 profit. So my $10,000 bankroll is at 23000 It was at 33000 <laughs> last week. and Or maybe not last week, but like two, one to two weeks ago. I sound really like happy about that, which I shouldn't. Like that's, that's fucking stupid. That's like I'm, I'm it. actually like very down about it. You heard about it on the last podcast. I could be down about that. I could be down about a lot of things, but um, I'm not getting laid, guys. I, I think I need to get laid more. It was my anniversary <laughs> yesterday, and I got laid yesterday. But I have three kids. Maybe you could have a fourth. No, I'm not going to have four kids. <laughs> I'm telling everybody not to have kids. Anybody who comes up to me like, should I have a kid? I'm like, no, you shouldn't have a kid. You're not going to get fucked ever for the rest of your life. 
And your bankroll will go down from 23000 <laughs> to 30000 <laughs> Profit. So sign up to you, BetSmart. Don't have kids. That is the advertisement. All right. We're going to get into fantasy basketball a little bit. Um, we are going to talk to Ricketts. We have a controversy in the Yahoo Fantasy Basketball. Um, we'll get into it a little bit. I just want to like kind of like uh, let you know what the league is about. So we have 11 people in the league. It's a point league. It's on to fantasy Yahoo. And Yahoo has a controversial loophole that we'll get into a little bit later. We'll talk about it with Ricketts. I won the league, but did I? Maybe I didn't win the league. We'll find out what happens with it. It all has to do with a utility loophole in the positional players. Maybe some of you out there have gone through that. I'm sure somebody who's done Fantasy Yahoo has come across this, especially if you're a professional better. You definitely know about the Yahoo f- loophole. And if you aren't, you should, because honestly, I, I haven't played a lot of Yahoo Fantasy uh, fucking basketball, so I would love to learn more about your system. So I honestly think for anybody that's listening, you're going to find some value in this conversation. And my system is basically cheap. (laughs) All you got to do is cheat. Yeah. If you're not cheating, you're not, if you're, if you're not cheating, you're not winning. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's pretty much it. So we'll find out what happens where we have Ricketts on to tell his side of the story um, in the fantasy basketball. And we have him on next. Let's see what he has to say. All right, so we are rolling. I just explained the fantasy basketball, how the league works, and uh, leading up to the controversy that happened at the end of the league. And now we have Scott Ricketts, who I battled the 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 season with, and it came down to the last day. How you doing, Scott? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. <laughs> um, so I just wanted uh, I want to explain like my side of the story and what I did. Yeah. To to take over and like win on the last day. But it's a controversy, and I don't even know if I deserve the title. So we're going to get into that. But let me explain what I did first. Sure. So for anybody who doesn't know, for the Yahoo leagues, the way that our system is set up, and I just explained how we have a point system in the league, and we have four utility spots in on the roster. Now, each, each roster spot, you can do a maximum of 82 games. And so for four utility spots... That comes out to 328 games, I think. I did the math right on that. So you get. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay, so yeah, so you get 328 games for utilities. Now, the way it's set up is there's a loophole to where you can get 327 games. And then on the last day or any day before that, you can put in all four utility spots and you can get an extra three games. So instead of getting 328 games, you can get 331 games for the utility spot. But it's like a loophole. Like it's not in the rule book that you could do that. That's just like a thing that some people know that you could do. So I did that. So what I did is I already explained, well, maybe I didn't explain this in the podcast that in our league, we had 40,000 points. We ended up like 40,000 to 40,000. And there was four of us. It was me, you, Ricketts. It was Amy and Jordan. Yeah. And there was four of us coming down in the last two to three weeks where we were only separated by 600 points. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah. know if you thought this, but I was thinking any one of us could win. And for me, I was like, the only way that I'm going to win is I think I'm going to have to do the loophole because I was down by like 600 with three weeks to go. So I was like, so what I did was, is I created a Google sheet, a Google spreadsheet. And I like, I mapped out all of my players' schedules and I saw how many, how many games I was going to get to the very last day. And then, you know how it is in fantasy basketball, where like at the end of the season, nobody's playing. Like, yeah. like I had Chris Stapp's, uh Porzingis. He was out at the end. They didn't play him for like the last six games. So I was like dropping players and then bringing them into my spreadsheet and then looking at their schedule. And so like I spent like 45 minutes a night <laughs> like <laughs> planning out for the last two to three weeks, how can I get these extra three games? Right. And, I didn't, and so I was like, and then I didn't think that it was going to work. I didn't even think that I was going to come back because I was down by 600, but my team started doing better. And then on the last day, I think for the afternoon games, I had to beat you by like 180, but I needed those. I think I had to beat you by like maybe like 80, but then you took a little bit of the lead in the morning games. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then what were you going to say? That's the, the on the last day of the season? Yeah, on the last day of the season, I think that um, yeah. I had, you took a little bit more of a lead. And so I need uh-huh. like 160 points from like, like my afternoon guys. Right. But I had extra games. I did the three game loophole. And mm-hmm. so all throughout the morning, I was proud of myself because I'm like, I planned this whole thing out and I, um, it, it, it looked like it was going to work or it might work. And then when it did work, I was like, damn, it worked. I can't believe I did that. And, but then Adrian texted me on the side and Adrian is our commissioner of our league. He texts me on the side and he's like, I didn't know about this loophole thing. Like, how do you feel about this? Like, what do you want to do about this? Not in our group message. He did this on the side. And then I started feeling like really bad. <laughs> I, I started feeling shitty. I was like, maybe. No. And I didn't know, like you didn't know about it or I didn't know if you knew about the loophole or not. I knew that some people did. Mm. Um, Cause I talked to the people about it and the person who told me about it, I knew they knew about it. And so I started feeling really shitty and I'm like, man, maybe I like cheated and I don't want to win by cheating. Cause that sucks. Yeah. So I sent like this, like sappy text message to everybody. Like, I don't want the championship. And then like, and then I, I kind of had like a roller coaster of emotions. And then after talking to you guys, I found out that you did know about the loophole. And then I was like, well, now I feel like I kind of like if he if Ricketts knew about it, he could have done it too. You could have you could have mapped it all out and did it too. Hmm. So I, I had a mix of emotions. Yeah. But, but uh, I really at, at the end of the day, I feel confident that like I. I did my plan and I did the right thing. And it's almost like the championship doesn't even matter. But at the same time, like I am, I feel like I, now I feel like I did the right thing. Cause I think enough people know about the loophole. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? What, what, what I want to know is why didn't you do the loophole too? Because I, I haven't used it in years. Like I wrote down, the winning score was 41,595 points. And that was 30 more than me, 30 points. 
So in past years, I've been in like sixth, seventh, ninth place where it didn't even matter. So I never even used it because the guy in front of me was, you know, four or 500 or the guy behind me was four or 500 away. So it was something I used like maybe 10 years ago when we had two utilities and one center. And it was something that worked. And I knew going into the last day, like, I don't want to rely on this loophole because I was asking around and no one knew if it was still a thing. I figured okay. like I used it 10 years ago. Yeah, but I'm sure Yahoo's figured out how to like get rid of it, you know, because their max games is 82 players. We have 11 spots. So that's 902 games. So if you want to go by the book, then it should only be allowed 902 games total, which is what it's set up to be. So if we're going by that, then you'd have to knock off three of your utility guys scores, but people you have used the loophole, but I just didn't know for sure, or else I would have done it. I don't want to rely on that the last day. Mm. So I, I mapped everything out. So I'd have exactly enough players to play the last game. Yeah. And, and when you do that, when you, when you get those extra three spots, you kind of have to sacrifice shittier players for right. those extra, extra, th- extra three spots. So if you map it out and it, wor- and it doesn't work, like you're not going to get, you might lose points from better players earlier. Yeah. But- so I was like going into that last day, I'm like, okay, if, if I do do this loophole and Yahoo knows how to just count one utility spot and not count all four, then like, who are the three I'm going to lose points from? And is that going to cost me? When that happened, 10, go ahead. Sorry. I I was asking around like, so we have a a side chat from the group called talkers of the penetrators. Shout out. (laughs) The people Um, who actually text. (laughs) Yeah. So these are the people who actually respond to text. So there's five of us. So I was asking them and like, nobody knew. They're like, I don't know. Maybe it's still a thing. I don't know. Because it's usually not this close. It's never happened for a championship. Never. Never happened for a championship. But I was telling Adrian on the side text that I, th- I, I, thought, I told him that it was two or three years ago. But I looked into it and I think it was last year with Scotty O. Scotty O beat me um, on the last day by 80 points last year. Oh. And he used the loophole. And me and Scotty O have 500 to to $1,000 on the season. So wow. he beat he beat me five. I had to pay him five hundred dollars, and he used the loophole. I forget which. I'm pretty sure it was last year. And then I'm I hesitate to say this, but I don't think any of our friends are actually listening to this. But they might <laughs> since you're on. But who knows? <laughs> Adrian, one of our friends said. Um, I don't know if it was Adrian. One of our friends said like. Uh, maybe I'll actually start listening to this episode instead of just telling you that oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, he says like, you all subscribe and, tell, and really subscribe and, and not tell you I did. Yeah, I was like, Jesus, that was harsh. Um, uh, but uh, I'm just gonna say, anyways, there's somebody this that I look. There's somebody this year who used it, and they have a they have a big a large bet with that other person. And they beat them by like 60 points this year. And they're going to have to pay them that money. But it's lower in the standings. And so, and nobody said anything about that. You know what I mean? Like nobody's talking about that. They're they're just talking about us because it's in the spotlight. And it's, I keep on hitting the thing. It's so insane that, that, like you said, 41,000 points and it's decided by 30 points. That's insanity. 
for a championship. Yeah. And I was, I was on a chat with someone at Yahoo sports in the morning. Well, I wanted to ask you that because I could tell that you told me that. And I was like, you must've been getting nervous seeing me go up the standings. And then you're like, I got to email Yahoo to see if this is going <laughs> to. No, <laughs> you know what it was? I no, I woke up and I saw that you're using the loophole. And I'm like, I don't know if he's going to get these games because we said, like, we'll wait till Monday to see if they actually count them. Yeah. So I wanted to know if they were going to count. So I got on a chat with the Yahoo guy and he's like, yeah, we don't have any way to pick which utility you're going to use out of the four. So we just give you all four. I'm like, how do you not? How have you not figured something out where you just block out the other three spots and let them use one? See, like, I think they like it because I play in other leagues. I play in leagues for like high money on on. I have a dynasty league. I have regular, and there are certain pros that play in a ton of leagues for like five hundred a thousand dollars, and they all do it. And I think they kind of rely on the newbies coming in, and they don't know about it. And so it it could over the course if you have like twenty leagues, it's gonna help you in like one of those leagues. Right. So I think like the pros, the pro fantasy guys don't want Yahoo to change it. Maybe I I don't know. That's like a kind of a conspiracy thing, but For the it's new weird. People, so they just don't. Yeah, they don't know to use it. Yeah, they don't know to use right. it. And so the pros get like an extra. They get extra cash off off some of those in some okay. of the leagues. Yeah, because I mean, they. I, I think the biggest thing is like, we've been doing this for like next year, it'll be 20 years doing this. It's been like a kind of a secret where a couple people know, and did you use this? It's never been brought out in the public, like before we draft. Okay. There is a loophole. Do we want to use this or no? Do we want to cap the games at nine Oh two, or do we want to let people use the three game loophole? And in the past, it was just a utility and center spot. But since we added three utilities and got rid of the second center, now you can get three games, which can obviously change a lot. So (laughs) you need to make a. I know, right? So I I think before we start next season, we need to figure out what we're doing. You know, we need like yeah, we there's probably going to be a vote on it, so yeah, do it in the future. So yeah, and if we if we come out with nine oh two max games, then probably the last day. You just use whatever utility spot has the highest score. I don't know, something like that, maybe. Yeah. Or we just well, use it. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll vote on it. The funny thing is, in the other league that we have with our friends from Arena, Shaverity is the is the Dynasty League, and um, Shaverity is the commissioner on that, and he didn't know what was going on. So Ty kind of like let him know what was going on, and Shaverity is like, oh, okay, well we can vote on it. So we had a vote and everybody's like, no, that's retarded. And everybody unanimously voted that everybody can use the loophole. So we already voted on it on the other league. Like, let's just use it, Chris. Yeah, votes always work. So we're, we're in a fantasy football league. I think we're going on year 19 and votes always work. The, yeah. The, the leagues that I've been in where the commissioner makes the rules are always the ones that end up falling apart. This league has always gone by votes. I mean, we're still not using PPR because we can't get enough votes, which I'm on the side that says no PPR. But yeah. yeah, always vote on it. The only thing I would say about votes is that you should have them at the beginning of the season and yeah. you can't change it in the middle of the season. No, I was on never. a fantasy football league one time 
where all of a sudden we all voted on a rule change in like week 12. No. And I'm like, no, no you can't do that now. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no. okay. All right. So well, did, I thought, what, did, what's up, Chris? Did Shaverdy make that vote like preseason? Like, or was we, it at the end? It was at the end. So in that league, if anybody used the loophole, it didn't matter. Uh, there's only okay. eight teams in that league. It didn't really come into play. But we were just talking. This is such a controversy. We were talking about that, this controversy in that text message group. <laughs> like we, we were, it was like bleeding over into other text message groups. So well, that was, was just like, thing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no worries. What were we um, going to say? We did do a vote after this happened. Yeah. And there was nine guys to vote. Me and, me and Scott are out of it. So there's nine left. It was 4-4, and the last guy would not vote. That's Duddy B from the Dirty Heads. <laughs> yeah. He didn't want to pick a side. He's like, I'm not so going to vote. So it tied 4-4. Four to four. So, we're, so, coach, so the, we're co-champs, and we washed away our side bets. Yeah. Right? Isn't that so, what we did? But I, I was thinking, I'd, I like that we figured it out that way, kind of just split down the middle. Why don't we play what play a golf match? Whoever wins gets the name on the trophy. Oh, I thought you said you didn't want to do that. Now, oh, that I, was for no, that was for the money and all that. I'm just talking about the trophy name. Oh, for who's on the trophy. Oh, okay. Right. Let's do it. Let's Great. do it. Great. I haven't golfed in freaking eight months. The last time I golfed was with Chris and I played terrible. Oh, uh, you still but, beat you still beat me though. But we're um we are like have you been golfing a lot, Ricketts? No, I played pretty twice confident. in the last year. Twice, literally twice. In okay, the last me year. too. Yeah. Okay. Well, looks like I'm going to be on the range tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. <laughs> no. Yeah, we got to set up a date. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's play. We'll play. That'll be All fun. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for talking, Ricketts. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me. I thought we were going to argue a little bit more, but I guess not. Yeah. No, I thought this I, be a, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I sorry. understand yeah. both sides. So I'm kind of like, I get it, but I don't, you know. Yeah, me too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that you can see yourself doing what I did too. Like in a no, because didn't you say you did it ten years ago? Yeah, yeah. But it was like it was one game, and it wasn't. <laughs> did it like, matter? Did it matter no, for something? Oh, okay. No. You just wanted to see if it worked. Yeah, and I didn't know if it still worked, and I didn't want to rely on that last day and get screwed and be like, "Oh, great!" Like you know. And see, for me, I had nothing to lose because I was coming up the standings. And so I was like, the only way that I can win this is if I do this, is if I cheat, right. <laughs> basically. <laughs> so yeah. I did. It's, it, the, the funny thing was, is leading the two, three weeks leading up to the whole thing, I felt like, man, I'm really doing something. And then the minute I won, I was like, God, this feels like shit. It felt it. It didn't feel good. It didn't yeah. feel like I won. It felt like, huh? Well, I did it because I cheated. You know what I mean? So it, it kind of sucked. It, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't I anything like, like I thought it would feel. So, sorry, oh, well. I fucked up the season. No, you didn't. But, well, it's something we should have. You know, we should have voted on a long time ago. We're like nineteen years of this. It's like, yeah, we should have. It's been like a quiet little secret where it's like a couple people know, and some people, some people had no idea you could even do it. They That's pretty amazing. Years. Did you notice that the votes? So the the votes were four to four, and the mm -hmm. four people who voted yes know about the loophole, and the four people who voted no didn't know about the loophole. 
I think right. that yeah. So it's weird. So that's why when I t- when I said if Jake and Chris uh, if they say I'm interested to see what you guys say and what you guys vote. I think I know what the answer is because I just based off of our data already. What do, what do you guys think? What do you think, Chris? The rules are the rules. Like fucking if you can do it, you should be able to do it is my opinion. Okay. And, and it sucks for the people that don't know about it. But if uh, that happened to you, though, like mid season and you didn't know about it, if it was a league that's 19 years old or whatever, how old it you is, would know like, about yeah, it, I would know about yeah. it. If it's a new league that I just got into, I'd be pretty upset about it. But if those are the those are the rules then I would go along with what the rules are, it would suck, but I'd go along with the rules. What do you think, Jake? I'm with Chris on this one. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, I was completely wrong. I thought you were going to go vote against me. Wait, both, <laughs> both of us? I thought you would go because you guys didn't know about the rule. So I figured you guys it's, would be like, no, you can't do that. No, it's a, it's a rule that's in there. You should know about it. And if you don't, then that's kind of on you. The rule should be changed from Yahoo. Yeah. It's not your guys' yeah. fault. It should be. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I think that's what your stance is, Rick. It's, it's crazy yeah. that they have this. At, yeah. They leave this in. We, they can't we fix have, that. We have open AI now where we can talk to <laughs> J- J- chat GTP, but you can't fix the loophole. Come on. Yeah. Wait, so yeah. you, you contacted them and they are basically just gave you the runaround. Like this is just the way it is. Kind of. Exactly. They're like, we don't have any way to choose who the, who to give the points to in those spots. So we just oh, wow. give you all four, but you were saying about the rule. That's what I was saying about our league. We don't even, we've never even brought it up in front of everybody. You know, it's like, it was our fault because we never went over it. We never voted on it. But if you think about it, it's probably because like, let's say like half the league knew about it. They want to use it. So they're not going to bring it up. And then the other people don't even know about it. So I can see why it's never got brought up, you know? (laughs) And you can tell by who voted against me. Those are the guys who always use it. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Exactly. That's the guy, one of those guys who voted for me. Thank God he voted for me because like he took $500 from me last year (laughs) doing this. (laughs) So he, I at least owe what I get one of those votes for 500 bucks. Yeah. All right, Rickus. Thanks for coming on today. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Thanks guys. Thanks. And we'll uh, let you know about that golf match. All right. Who wins? Maybe we'll do a live podcast during the round. I'll yeah, that'd be fun. (laughs) All right, later. All right, see ya. It was a good uh, debate with Ricketts. I think I won, but I think it's a good thing that we just do the golf. Thing. I think we're going to have to cut out part of that because we don't want... We'll, we'll talk about that later. I, we're going to do the golf thing and I think that's a good... That's a good thing for the the championship trophy. We'll see if like who... who Just to put the name on the championship trophy. Yeah. God, I, 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 was, I was joking about going to the range, Jake, but I'm fucking... I'm going to practice golf for like the next two weeks. You know, Dolly is a fucking legit golfer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could be my cat. coach. Yeah. He could be my caddy. What if I brought a caddy? <laughs> Holy fuck. Let's do that. Dude. Don't tell Ricketts. Yeah. Oh, he's probably going to hear I'm this. I'll wear a smart fucking jersey. I'll wear a smart shirt. Yeah. Me, and, me and Dolly will both have a smart. You guys will follow us in like mics. Oh, that would we'll, love we'll, that. we'll bring a whole crew. <laughs> 
and in just the intimidation alone, I he said, won't be able to. <laughs> I said that during the interview, like to have commentators. I'll, you guys like, should be the commentators, right? like talking quietly, like David Faraday. Can you do an English up. accent? Uh, I don't think I can. No, it's okay. Don't do it. I can do just Snacky's got 145 yards. <laughs> or at least he's, he's down by two. I think you should save it for when Ricketts is about to hit and then have the announcer like overly loud to where he can hear. Yeah. You guys are whispering the whole time and he's up by two and it's like the 14th hole. And you're like, Ricketts has 180 yards. What are you going to hit? No. Like we should actually do that. I'll go go if, and if it's gonna be a foursome. Like, do you I'm think sure Dolly can... would be my caddy? He's yeah. probably a great. Well, caddy. no, no. I'll I go agree. him and me and Dolly will go golf with you two, and then and he, he can, can see how your, I play. He can be your caddy, okay? And then him and I will ride together and play together. So and then I can record and talk about it. So this is perfect. Just like I tried to beat Ricketts, and I did the spreadsheet, and I came up with this big plan to beat him. But we ended up calling it a tie. And now we're going to golf. And let's come up with this big plan yeah. to, to try to beat him well, at golf. Well, you got to tell him. He's got to we'll, be able we'll, to get his own caddy, too. We'll buy a caddy. Okay. We, <laughs> yeah, we, it's fair. Him. Fair he, enough. Get a caddy. Fair enough. Yeah. You got to get a caddy. <laughs> yeah. Or we could just do it. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Obviously, he's going to listen to this and he's going to get his. So, Ricketts, get your own caddy. Get your own announcers. No, we'll we'll provide the announcers, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. We'll, this is gonna be a fun a fun thing. We'll uh, I gotta win. Balls. Fuck, huh? We'll provide the golf balls. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna use my own golf balls, Jake. Oh, for him? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll give you your own golf balls. Give one of those ones that explodes. <laughs> <laughs> those are the best. It was a good interview, though. Up next, we have. Rice, David Rice, who was a writer for what was the magazine, Chris? Halo Hangout. Halo Hangout. It was an Angel magazine. He interviewed a bunch of guys. He interviewed Steve Nash. He interviewed Kareem Abdul Jabbar. He's also uh, wrote for the Daily Breeze in Long Beach. Yeah. He has a lot of really good stories about about basketball, about baseball. He's uh, talked to a bunch of famous dudes and he has a lot of really good opinions about how the NBA playoffs are going to like form. Yeah. I thought um, he had a lot of value, like just as a a personal fan, but he was able to elaborate and break it down. So, so we have that coming up next. David Rice. All right, next we're going to your guys' buddy, David Rice. He was the writer for, what was the magazine called? Halo Hangout. It was an online uh, publication. For the Angels. It was yes. a magazine for the Angels, and he has a lot of really cool interviews. He also coaches basketball in Long Beach, California. Um, we're going to go to him right now, but we are going to call him, so uh, hopefully he picks up. We'll see what happens. He knows He knows we're calling him, so he's going to pick up. <laughs> I can't act. Hello. Hey, Rice, can you hear us? Yep. All right. Can you guys hear it in the mic? Yeah, I can hear it. We'll All right. It. Perfect. All right, Rice, um, you've had a lot of really cool interviews with some interesting people. I heard that you interviewed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. How did that one go? Well, it was very interesting. I mean, I, I write for a paper part-time up here, a uh, local paper called The Daily Breeze, and as a freelancer, I did mostly 
high school, occasionally college sporting events. And my the boss of the sports department said that the, the big boss of like he's like one of the managing editors wanted to use me for some human interest community event stories. And I was like, sure. And so I started out doing a couple. I, I did a, uh, a beach volleyball tournament in Manhattan Beach, which is done every year. And a lot of uh, pro athletes play in it. I got to interview uh, Luke Walton and Richard Jefferson, Steve Nash, uh, Judd Bushler, a bunch of basketball players. Well, anyway, well, then he asked me this one day. He says, hey, how would you like to do an interview? It's a book signing uh at the Barnes and Noble, which is wasn't nearby. I mean, he's like, sure. I say, who, who's going to be the book signing? You know, who's, who, who's, who's the writer? He goes, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, did I hear you right? He's like, yep. I was like, okay. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, I've been a Laker fan all my life, watched the plays they grew up. I mean, all you, all you guys probably watched Kareem play. I mean, you know, he was the captain. He was the guy. I mean, even though we had magic, and other players. I mean, he was, you know, the captain. And uh, so I go down to Barnes and Noble. I get there and trying to figure out where to go. And they lead me back to this back like, office type room, long table. And there's Kareem signing a bunch of books. And his publicist, you know, welcomes me and tells me a little bit about him. I I knew from what my boss had told me that he was writing these Sherlock Holmes mystery books. Uh, and that's what we were doing. It was not a basketball book that he was, uh, you know, sort of publishing and that was trying to get publicity for. So I was like, okay, you know, and I, I don't really know much about it, but I, just, I, you know, had a, had a gist of it. So I sat down and then we started talking and found out, you know, he's, he was a big Sherlock Holmes mystery fan from when he's a kid. He used to have a Sherlock Holmes mystery theater on the, on the TV when he was growing up, he used to watch it. And he decided that he wanted to write some books, you know, to do with Sherlock Holmes. But, you know, Sherlock Holmes has been a series. You know, what can you do to change it? So he took this character in the in the book, which was mentioned, you know, so I said probably, you know, a handful of times, Mycroft Holmes, Sherlock Holmes' older brother, who was supposed to be smarter and wiser. So he took what was said about Mycroft Holmes and sort of put his own spin on it and created a three-book series of the adventures of Mycroft Holmes with Sherlock Holmes and started explaining a little bit about it. And I asked him how he got into it. And like I said, he told me, like, you know, when he's a kid, he wanted to do it. So so it was really cool. And so I got to interview him for about 15 minutes and and wanted to ask him a lot about basketball. But, of course, it was more about the book, which wasn't about basketball. So I had to sort of, you know, temper my basketball questions not ask too many but i did ask him how he felt you know how, how he liked writing about you know something other than basketball since most of his life had been basketball and he said oh yeah it's, it's a lot of fun i enjoy it it's uh you know sort of relaxing and and you know and he said that was something i was really interested in and passionate about so I was like that's very cool and i i asked him like one or two other basketball questions but i tried not to get too much into the basketball because again it wasn't the place so so that was the only thing that was I, – I mean, I knew going in there was not going to be the, the whole basketball thing. You're talking about his career and everything else. But I did I did ask him to compare his career in NBA to being a career as, as a writer. And he said, you know, he said this is a different side of him that he was enjoying being able to bring out. And a lot of people didn't know that he was actually a very good writer. I mean, I can just tell you this, very smart man, 
very well-spoken man. I mean, definitely, you know, he had a very, very good intelligence. Intelligence. Everybody talked about how Kobe was could speak like six languages or whatever. I mean, Kareem was like he may not be able to speak six languages, but he definitely was very, very intelligent man, and that came through. And so I, I got a picture of him when he stood up. I was just like, wow, he really is tall. And uh, mm-hmm. I got to, got to uh, get a picture of him and got him to autograph a copy of his book. And then he is also uh, selling and promoting a little bit his uh, basketball book. So I got to get that signed as well. And it was really cool. So, What was his basketball book that he was promoting? Uh, I don't even know what it was called. But it was, it was something, you know, you know, it, it had a picture of him when he's at UCLA making a famous block on the front. And you, you probably have seen it where he's at his head's like way above the rim. He's blocking the shot at UCLA. He's in his UCLA uniform, but it was just, I mean, I've read a little bit about it. I actually haven't taken the time to read it all, which, which, you know, is crazy knowing, you know, how I am in sports, but just haven't had the time to do it. But I've, I've, you know, perused it a little bit, but it's just basically about, you know, his life from UCLA on to, you know, the NBA and stuff. So, uh, but he, he wrote, I think he said he wrote like 16 different books and I think seven of them were non-basketball related and nine were. And I mean, you know, with his whole changing his name from Lou Alcindor, he was into that, that whole Muslim, uh, you know, era and, uh, you know, changing his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and that kind of stuff. So I think some of his books were about his sort of maybe, I don't want to say political, but more like on, along that line. I mean, I don't know for sure, but that's, you know, but, but he did write nine basketball books as well. So. Well, he's definitely an interesting guy. Chris, did you have something? Did he give you any shit when you tried to ask him about basketball? Uh, not really. No. I mean, I mean, I mean, I could tell despite this, this you could just get a sense body language or whatever that, you know, he didn't want to talk much about basketball, but you know, like I said, I, I the way I made the questions, I made sure that they weren't like, you know, just all about, Oh yeah. You know, playing for the Lakers, you know, what about that game you, you won in the Boston Garden when Magic hit the baby hook shot? You know, it wasn't anything like that. It was just like simple questions. Like I said, you know, how how does writing compare to, you know, ba- basketball? And, you know, and I asked someone else about, you know, how people think of him as a basketball player, but now they can think of him as a writer. You know, what, you know, how do you like that? Or, and those kind of things. So, so I, I tied into basketball as much as I could, but, but I also knew my boundaries and, you know, that I, I was not going to be able to ask too much about basketball I did he probably just end the interview <laughs> so. so what what did he say about the comparison between writing and, and uh, playing basketball w- what kind of comparison was there he really enjoyed, I mean he said it's, it's a different thing but it's you know he's, he said he got to show like another side of him you know it, you know show his you know show his creative side and he enjoyed that and he said he got, he got a lot of peace from writing you know books like that so it was, it was you know probably a, a different mentality uh for the most part, but you know, that he liked it and he enjoyed being able to do that. Now he still, you know, he still liked the basketball, you know, ba- about, you know, basketball. It's like that, you know, he, he had been trained, he's trained some of the Laker big men at different times and done a little bit of basketball here and there. He talks about it every now and again, you know, he's, you'll see him interviewed or something, but, but I think, you know, it's, he's somewhat moved on from basketball and wants to be more, no more as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a person, not so much as a basketball player as much anymore. I mean, I, I should have asked him about, uh, about you know, said, you know, what about Roger Murdoch? And, uh, but if you guys know the old airplane reference. Yeah, I love it. it. What, what was that? Uh, have you ever seen a grown man naked? 
Yeah, I was going to ask him those guy questions, but but I'm just talking about that. I can't talk about the movie, but I, and I, I thought I thought about it. But I think yeah, I just I'll just stick with the book and basketball. But yeah, it was it was great. It was a great great interview, and you know, good opportunity to meet a legend who I watched growing up. I mean, I wouldn't say he was my favorite player, but he definitely was a player I liked, and of course admired watching him play. You know, for all those years. I mean, being a, a Laker fan in the '80s, I mean, Kareem was definitely one of the guys that you watched. I mean, Magic was the more flashy one, the more friendly, fun-loving guy. And, you know, he, he was a, a, would have been a cool person to interview. I, I actually got to meet Magic one time, but I uh, didn't get to interview him. But uh, How did that meeting go? What happened during that meeting? Uh, well, I was at Florida State, and I was writing for the school paper, and I went went to the uh, – Magic Johnson was speaking at a, in the big event that night at the uh, – the Florida State basketball arena, and so I already got to go to that. But I went to the pre pre like big thing. They had like about two hundred people, uh, just were students from Florida State and also the local HBCU, historically black college university, uh, Florida A M, were there to hear him speak and basically do his routine, but just in a smaller setting. And I got there early. It's like I got a front row seat watching him walk back and forth in front of me. But I was not there on to interview him or talk to him about that. I was just there to so, listen to him in, in a smaller setting, which was really cool to have a guy who you, I, I don't say idolize, but definitely I really like magic and be able to watch him walk back and front, forth right in front of me and telling these stories and just being the typical Magic Johnson, you know, very outgoing, telling some funny stories. It was it was really cool. So uh, that, that was that was interesting. I, I wish I could have interviewed him, but at least I was there and saw the performance or, you know, the, the, the speech that he gave. And it was very interesting. It was not too long, you know, a few years after he uh, had, uh, you know, disclosed about having the uh, HIV virus and that he was, uh, you know, quitting basketball. So it was a couple of years after that. So I got to, got to meet him. But uh, I did shake hands with him afterwards. Uh, his hand was like, double the size of my hand but uh the security wouldn't let me get any closer to do anything i was trying to get something autographed and they, they sort of pushed me back but he he looked down smiled at me reached out his hand and shook my hand so that was that was pretty cool i was like i'm never gonna wash this hand no i wasn't like that but, <laughs> well but, yeah i was gonna ask you um were you nervous at all about getting hiv no, just kidding. Don't answer that. Um, I, you know, one thing about Magic is I he's one of my favorite Lakers. I'm from Arizona, and so I'm. Uh, don't hang up on me. I'm a. Uh, I uh, I'm kind of anti Laker and I'm anti Kobe just because I'm from Phoenix. I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, so we're rivals. But I will, I will say that. Um, uh, Magic Johnson is by far my favorite Laker. He's such a fun guy. I like root for him. And Shaq. Shaq's another guy that I root for. Um, those are the two Lakers that I really love. Uh, but yeah, Magic Johnson's a really good guy. You mentioned, I want to talk about Phoenix. You mentioned you interviewed Steve Nash. What was that like? Oh, it was, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was just, he was playing in this professional, not professional, but uh, it was uh, a beach volleyball tournament that was part of International Surf Week in Manhattan Beach and he was playing on one of the teams and it's, it's a really interesting tournament it's always happens like towards the end of July beginning of August uh, it's, it's over a couple day period and they have this this they call it the six man it's a six six man uh, beach volleyball tournament which you don't see too many six man events uh, uh, you know, tournaments on 
the beach because it's you know the courts are usually I don't know maybe, maybe a little bit smaller, but it's a very unique tournament. I mean, they they they, they have people dressed up in different different outfits. Like there was one one team of uh, women with a lot of them played professional beach volleyball, and they were dressed in stewardess outfits. They were, it's called the Mile High Club as their team name, and with stewardess outfits on, so you can just nice. you get that. And there was a wrestlers group, so they had like Paul Hogan and Randy Matchman Savage, you know, dressed up and, <laughs> nice. and all these different ones dressed up and. And so then they had this uh, Laker one. It was called Fletch Lives, which Fletch was a Chevy Chase character. I love that from, movie. Yeah. And so they all had – a lot of them had the, the Fletch hair. They like had wigs on, and they had different Laker jerseys on them. And I do not know if that was the team that Steve Nash was on or not. I think it, I think he was. Uh, that had Luke Walton on it and Richard Jefferson. And so it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and just talking to him, I just talked to him about – about you know how he liked volleyball and you know it was, it was I know it's a lot different than than playing basketball and stuff like that and we just because he had just retired we were just talking about that and 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 he, and how he liked playing in that tournament he says yeah I really enjoyed it he says I met, met my wife here a year ago he so he, when he was there he met his wife or the, the lady who was going to become his wife at the uh, at the tournament and uh, so he had a lot of good things to say about it but we just talked about basketball and how it was different you know playing volleyball and stuff like that he says yeah. I'm, not quite as good as a volleyball as I am at basketball, so you know it's, it takes a little time to get used to. But I think I'm getting better, and and it was, it was just it was a good interview. He was very nice, very very friendly. Uh, no, I had no problems with interviewing him, and uh, it was this definitely uh, a special one. Which I, I didn't even know he was going to be there. I mean, I knew that Walter would be there because he was there almost every year, and I knew that Richard Jefferson would be there, but. I did not know that Steve Nash was going to be there. And then when I saw him, I was like, oh, my gosh, I definitely got to interview Steve Nash because, you know, he's definitely one of the best point guards of, of the last 20 years, you know, shoot score, everything else. So so it was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah. Nice. So. Yeah, that's really cool. I know that you're pressed on time, so let us know whenever you have to go. Uh, but okay. we but we did want to get into the NBA playoffs, and we wanted to get into the MLB season. Um, okay. What do you what do you think about the NBA? What do you, what do you think the Lakers' chances are of getting past Memphis in the first round? Well, I I, I feel pretty good about it. Cause I think the Lakers match up pretty well, and I mean you know they got a good defender in uh, in Jared Vanderbilt. You know he he's been sort of given the role of trying to slow down John Morant. And I mean I'm gonna tell you, I mean I'm mean, I'm a Laker fan, been a Laker fan all my life, but I love John Morant. Now I'm a little less on him over the last month or so after this whole uh you know gun thing came out i mean it just definitely bothered me a little bit because i mean i being a high school basketball coach and a post high school postgraduate basketball coach uh you know teaching you know young men helping them with you know learning basketball or trying to help them get a scholarship in the postgrad program i like guys who are good role models and i always thought the job was a good guy i mean i saw him play in college one time at Murray State and he, he just seemed like a nice guy so I thought very highly of him plus phenomenal talent we all can agree with that and now I'm just a little bit less on him because of that whole incident but you know hopefully maybe he's gonna learn from that hopefully it's like Kobe I think learned somewhat from the whole Denver scandal uh way back so anyway back to the series I mean Memphis is a better team I think overall but they're not that much better and the way the Lakers have made all these improvements to the roster, I mean, adding Vanderbilt, adding Huchimura, you know, getting uh, D'Angelo Russell, 
Uh, I mean, they definitely have improved their roster, you know, greatly. And I think they're starting to gel pretty well. But the only issue I see with the Lakers is one thing, health. If, if AD and LeBron can stay healthy, I think they have a chance to really make some noise in this playoff, including beating Memphis. And, you know, the next series they would play the winner of Sacramento and Golden State. And I think they did, that would be a heck of a matchup if they played either one of those teams. I mean, they have a shot uh, to do something, but health is going to be the big thing. And I just was sort of watching the game. I saw AD go out for a little bit before halftime. I was a little worried. Uh, I was thinking it was his like, wrist or whatever, but I see him back on the court now. So, But it's, it's going to be a tough series. It's going to be a – I think it's going to go probably seven games. And I think the Lakers – can take it and I think they, they will take it uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough it's going to be a tough series I mean uh, I think they definitely need to split in Memphis to start out and then come back and take care of business in LA at least winning two out of three and then going back to uh, to Memphis and going you know winning at least one so I believe it's two three two even in the, the early rounds so I'm not sure on that but whatever it is I think they they definitely need to steal one maybe two games in Memphis because I don't think they're going to sweep the three games in LA uh, that they can definitely do it. I mean, they're a team that, I mean, I think a lot of teams don't want to face in the playoffs. I mean, they're a team, the Golden State Warriors are a team that people don't want to face because, you know, they've had all that championship pedigree and they're getting healthy now. Andrew Wiggins is back. You know, I think Clay Thompson is finally getting to his groove. And, of course, Steph Curry is amazing. And they got some other good good pieces to their team. So, I mean, those are going to be some teams that the upper seeds are going to not be too happy to face. And I'm not sold on Denver. I'm not sold on Memphis, not sold on Sacramento, not sold on Phoenix. I think Phoenix could be a team that is another one that could be tough because getting Durant, you put that with the rest of what they have, they could be a tough team too. But it's going to be interesting. And then you can't forget about the Clippers. The Clippers, uh, if they can survive the first round against Phoenix, which is a big if, they can get Paul George back and maybe he can – you know, help them propel them to something. But I think that's a little too many question marks and it's going to be a tough series to win without Paul George for the Clippers. So I think, I think you'll see Phoenix move on and probably face Denver. I think you see the Lakers play the Warriors. And then uh, from there, we'll see. Uh, Well, well, yeah, I, um, I'm glad that Phoenix is on that side with Denver and they're not, they're away from the Warriors. They're away from the Lakers. They're away from the Grizzlies. Um, it, it, it makes me happy that they're on the upper side of that bracket. So I feel like Phoenix is going to get past Denver. I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I'm not sold on Denver. I think Denver is really good and they have a bright future. I just think that they're just in the spotlight this year. And so they're going to get you, they're going to have to get used to it in the playoffs and the, and the playoffs are a different game. It's a lot of defense. So people playing Denver in other teams playing Denver in the regular season, they're not going to be used to the type of defense that's going to come at them now. So I think the right, Suns are going to get right. past Denver, and I think uh, it, it'll be interesting to see who they face. I mean, it could be any one of those four teams, to be honest right. with you. Yes. Well, I think the West is wide open o- overall, and I will tell you, just, just watching a little bit of this game today uh, while I was waiting to come on, uh, you know, watching LeBron, he is playing in playoff mode right now. I mean, I mean he had a drove down the lane and dunked with so much authority. I mean, it was like he was like a like a like a thirty year old instead of a thirty eight year old guy. And then he has had a couple of chase down blocks that have been 
phenomenal. I mean, this like it's, it's amazing how how he's still able to be this way and being close to forty years old playing in the league for twenty years. It's amazing to me. And I'm not a LeBron fan. I've never been a big LeBron fan. I mean, I root for him because he's on the Lakers. I appreciate him because he's on the Lakers, and I, I probably appreciate him when he's on other teams too. But I definitely did not like him because uh, I I actually met LeBron when he was in high school. I mean, not where he met, but I I had a chance to be around him because uh, they had a game, a famous game at, at Pauley Pavilion where UCLA played where LeBron, St. Vincent, St. Mary played against uh, Modern Day, which is, you know, the beast of the West Coast here for high school basketball. And it was a great game, and I went to it. And I was at that game, game too, done, Rice. Oh, were you? I yeah. was, yeah. My Probably. dad took me to that game. Okay, that's yeah. very cool. Well, yeah. I, anyway, I had a couple of my couple of my uh, uh, middle school players that I was coaching took them to the game as well. And we went over to where LeBron and some of his teammates were gathering. It was up in the seats and in Pauley Pavilion and went over there. And I mean, I, yeah, I would like to met LeBron, but I, I was I was not as much crazy about it as my my players were. They, they, they had heard all the hype about him. And so they went over there to try to meet LeBron. And I don't even remember what, what if they tried to ask him for a picture or autograph, what, you know, whatever it was. I mean, they were being polite, but whatever happened, LeBron didn't even, I don't think he even acknowledged them at all and never signed anything for him, never took a picture, nothing. And there wasn't that many people around. It wasn't like it was like, you know, there was a, a big mob there or he was worried about that. I mean, it was like, you know, probably maybe less than like six or seven people there. And besides his, his, him and his teammates and he didn't do anything. So that just sort of bothered me. And then went on and that whole, you know, played for Cleveland. So being a Laker fan, I didn't want to see Cleveland do well because I'm, I'm the Laker fan. And then the whole, and then we went to Miami and the whole decision thing and just, all that stuff just sort of bothered me about him. So I just thought he was just too showy. So I, I just never liked him. And then we came to the Lakers. I'm like, okay, that's going to help the team. We're probably going to win a title, which we did in the pandemic year. But I just was not a fan of his. And, but I will tell you, I've met Bronny a couple of times. I, I actually got to, didn't get to interview him, but got to meet him and a couple of different times. Cause we, I went with some of my high school players who we went to a couple of different events where Bronny was at. And, you know, as chance would have it. So like, you know, that I almost, I feel like I, I'm on Forrest Gump sometimes because, you know, you just happen to be at the place, the right place at the right time. So I was at the right place at the right time. We, after the game, we went to in and out. Uh, my players and I wanted to get some in and out. And who walks in there with Brody and his some of his teammates? And my players went up and, and actually talked to him. And he was actually really nice. And I I went up and uh, talked to him. And told him like, yeah, I, I I saw your dad play in high school. And he said, oh really? We, we talked. I talked about it and tell him about the whole snubbing my kids thing. I just told, told him you know about you know seeing his dad play in high school. And he thought that was really cool. And then about four months later. We're at the state uh, semifinals at Long Beach State, and we end up going to uh, uh, Raising Canes afterwards. And I even said to my one player, I was like, wouldn't it be something if, if, if Bronny James would walk in here after the game? And about five minutes later, Bronny James walks in to Raising Canes that we were at. So we got to uh, meet him again. It was just, it was like so crazy. I mean, the, the chances of that happening twice in you know a few month period but he was very nice i mean to my to my guys i mean they didn't ask for a picture of that they just talked to him and for them that meant the world to them and so i had a lot better opinion of Bronny than i had of lebron and but it's sort of less of my less of my uh 
you know, despise of LeBron and also being on the Lakers and, you know, winning a title isn't hurt. You know, seeing the Lakers win a title of him was cool too. So anyway. Yeah. I had, I had a similar experience with Tiger Woods when I was a kid uh, that, mm. that you had with LeBron and, and the, the middle school kids that you brought to him. Maybe I'll, I'll tell that story another time. Uh, well. But yeah, the one thing that I remember about that game is that, so he had, everybody knew that he was going to go into the draft and be drafted number one. I mean, he was going to be drafted in like, what, the next, in a couple months, I think. Right, right. And um, the one thing I remember is he didn't run. He like walked up and down the court and just shot three pointers. So he still made a lot of them and and scored a lot of points. But you could tell like, he's just like, I don't want to get injured because I have a contract coming in a couple of months. That's the one thing that I I remember my dad talk about it all the time. Remember, remember when LeBron just walked up and down the court <laughs> during yeah. a high school basketball game and they still beat him by like 40. No. Well, I, I mean, I remember the game and and I was actually not impressed with LeBron. He, uh, yeah. he had, I think he only had like 16 points. He had like 10 or 12 rebounds and like, you know, you know, I think he may even have a triple double. He may have even had 10 assists, but he did not make a three pointer in that game. Okay. He was not shooting well. He was just, uh, going to the basket and scoring some, but no dunks the whole time. I mean, everybody wanted yeah. to see him dunk and yeah. all that stuff. And, but he's, he, he's an off shooting game. But then the thing that impressed me was he was able to do other things to help his team win, which was, was, you know, getting rebounds, setting up his other teammates. And so his game, while it wasn't like, well, I was hoping to see it was not a, you know, a total loss. I mean, I could see, you know, the good things he could do. And, uh, you know, so it was, it was, it was cool. It was a cool, you know, situation, but, I saw the next game uh, they had after that game. They had a, this guy named Sebastian Telfair, which I don't know if you ever heard of him or not. He played yeah. in the NBA for a while, and he played for a team from Brooklyn. And, oh, my gosh, that kid was the most impressive person the whole day. I think there was like four games that day, and, and you know, LeBron's game being the third one, that was the last one. And he was something else. I was, that guy I was just like, wow. Who did he play for? Is, was it Portland? Uh, yes, Oklahoma? I think, got, was, I think it was I think it was Portland. I think okay. it was Portland. Yeah. But, but anyway, but yeah, he he was impressive. He was impressive to me. And I said I you know, I walked out of there thinking he he actually looked better than LeBron. So I mean but you know, anyway, but basketball is gonna be interesting. I mean, I think the Eastern Conference is gonna come down to three teams. I mean the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Celtics. As a Laker fan, I don't want to see the Celtics anywhere near the finals, but that's just, that's just me. Uh, but Sixers and Bucks, I mean, all three of those teams could could get there. I don't know who's the best one. The Sixers seem to always find a way to choke it off, especially Doc Rivers has found a way of making ch- choking an art form in playoffs, being a, a coach. You know, with the Clippers, they choked off a few leads, you know, three games to one lead a couple times, and he did it with the Sixers again. I mean, it's, so I don't know. I'm not too sure. Embiid is definitely an amazing player, but I just have a feeling some way, somehow, Doctor is going to screw it up. Uh, but we'll see if the Bucks can make it, make another run at it. I know the Celtics are hungry, so it'll be interesting. I don't see any other teams in the East uh, doing uh, enough to get to the finals. But if you had we'll to pick see. one team, who is it going to be from the East? I would probably have to say the Bucks, because I think they are the most complete team. Uh, I think the Celtics have have some definite talent but i just don't see them i don't know i just i just don't i, and I don't want to see them either so it's, it's sort of like part is my heart part is my head with that one i mean it wouldn't surprise me if they got through but i think the bucks are the best team there and 
you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Uh, NBA playoffs. I think, I think this year is actually going to be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, especially with the, the rise of the Lakers the last few weeks and getting in, that's making it exciting. And like I said, a, a Memphis Laker matchup is going to be, a, is, is probably going to be one of the funnest first round matches we had in a long time. And, I think it's going to be a war. And then I think there's some good series, you know, other than that, too. I mean, I think Sacramento and Golden State will be a really fun series to watch. I mean, as you saw yesterday, I mean, you know, Golden State had the lead almost the whole game, and the the Kings found a way to come back at the end. That atmosphere there in Sacramento is, is crazy. I mean, that's that's a always has been a crazy atmosphere. And being that they haven't been in the playoffs for 16, 17 years, it's uh, going to be even crazier. I mean, I remember when the Angels made the playoffs and, and – uh, 2002, you know, after not making it since 86, and that atmosphere was unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it, you know, being able to go to all those games and being to go to the World Series and watch them win Game 7. That was that was probably my favorite sports memory I've ever had in person. Well, well speaking of baseball, do you have time to talk a little bit about baseball? Yes, I do, always. I mean, baseball was my first love. I, mean, I love basketball. I coach basketball. I know basketball pretty well, college and pro. I don't know the players as well in college. I know some of the key players. But baseball, you know, I know the league pretty well. I've always done fantasy leagues. And I just have followed it ever since I was a young kid. I mean, I know I saw Nolan Ryan play. Don't remember him, really, when he was with the Angels, at least. I, I, saw, him, I saw him pitch when he was with other teams. But, uh, you know, I, I've, I've followed baseball for all my life and know a lot about it. Do you think the Angels year. have a chance in the West this oh, year? Yeah, I mean, I think I think they have a chance. I don't. The the West is interesting right now. Right now, it's really. I mean, it's ugly. I mean, I think the the only team over five hundred is the Rangers, and they're barely over five hundred. Houston has has struggled early, and the Angels have had you know some good good days and bad days, and recently you know losing three straight to uh, the Red Sox is definitely not good, but. The one thing about the Angels, I mean, they have to find a way to fix this, but they have not been blown out of any games for one this year. They got blown out of one game this year, and that was uh, against Seattle. I think they lost like 11-2. Every other game they've lost has been like a one- or two-run game. I mean, last night, I think they lost like 9-7. They lost today 2-1. to one. I mean, they're losing all these close games, and unfortunately, the biggest issue has been their bullpen and the fact that some of the starters have not been able to go, you know, that as far as they were hoping they would. And that's been a, a little concerning. But I think this team is a team that is built for a run. Last year, the Angels had some good talent with, you know, Rendon and and uh, Trout and Otani and a few other guys. But the problem was when the, when the depth, you know, they, don't, they had no depth. So when Rendon got hurt, when Jared Walsh got hurt, Trout got hurt, we had these, you know, triple A guys playing and it was just it was hard to watch. I mean the pitching was actually really good last year. The bullpen was decent, but we just had a big problem with uh keeping guys healthy and then when guys weren't healthy, then it was just it was a it was part of my French a shit show. And I mean, you know, you have Andrew Velasquez playing everyday shortstop guy, had a great club, but couldn't hit the Brought out of a barn, other than occasionally getting a home run, and that's the way you know they were last year. And this had all these like guys that you, you probably would never even hear of in a major league uniform again that were playing these different spots because they just didn't have any depth. This year they went out, they got Hunter Renfro as a, a third outfielder, 
They got uh, Gio Urshela, you know, good utility infielder. Got a guy named Brandon Drury, another utility infielder. Uh, you know, they improved their bullpen. Hopefully, a left-handed reliever named Matt Moore. So they, they did a lot of good things. And then they made a trade that was talked about but was sort of under the radar. They traded away a popular guy in Brandon Marsh, real nice guy. I interviewed him, too, in the minors. But uh, he, he was a real nice guy, but he was not hitting that well. And we had a glut of outfielders. We got a top catching prospect named Logan O'Hoppy. And because of an injury this year in spring training to the guy who was supposed to be the starting catcher, uh, O'Hoppy's been playing and he's, you know, he's not, you know, perfect, but he's, he's shown some really good at bats, uh, hitting the ball hard, uh, and it's hit like four or five home runs this year already. And uh, last check, I think he was leading the team in home runs and RBIs. And I mean, that was a great move to get a guy like that because they've needed a, a good catcher for a while. They haven't had one in, I don't know how long. I'm probably since the Molinas were there. So they, uh, they made they made some good moves in the offseason, so we'll just have to see what happens. It's going to be an interesting ride, and hopefully it will it will work out. Uh, you know, to get them getting the playoffs. I mean, the whole Otani thing. I hope it doesn't become too much of a distraction as as it gets close to the trade deadline and everything else for the Angels. I'm hoping they like heck they're going to keep him because I mean, you know, him and Trout together would be amazing. That guy is so fun to watch in person. Just seeing him, you know, I've. I've I've actually been in on an interview, but didn't get to actually ask questions of Otani. But I got to sit in on an interview with him. That was that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. And uh, you know, he's he's a special player, and he's seems like a fun loving guy. I would love to be able to speak to him just because I think he'd be fun to talk to. Because I think he's he likes to have fun and play the game. And Mike Trout's the same way. They, they both are fun loving guys. And I got to interview Trout a couple times, and I mean, it was a great interview. So I mean, just like a lot of lot you know the angels are a special team to me and it's becoming even more special the last you know four or five years i've had a chance to interview a lot of the players that i'm seeing now in the majors uh either when they're in the minors or like travels on an injury rehab assignment and just i have a lot of respect for those guys and they all were really nice i mean only had one bad interview with an angel player he's not on the team anymore thank god and uh so that was the only time i ever, ever did not like the guy sort of wished a little bit of ill will on him that he would get cut and he did so I was happy <laughs> well yeah you're right Otani is really fun to watch I went to the game this past Tuesday and he was pitching and yeah, batting third and yeah he's just really fun to watch and interesting point you said that Ohapi is um, a good power hitter and he's leading the team in home runs he hit a home run in that game but let, right. let, let me ask you one one last question yes, if sir. you had to pick two teams to go to the World Series who's it going to be? Hmm. That's an interesting one. Uh, I mean, the National League, you know, the Mets made a ton of moves, as we know. They made a ton of moves. And I think the Mets are going to be a hard team to beat, but they, it may take them a little bit of while to get, get stuff going. The Braves are pretty good as well. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think anybody in the NL Central is any good, and I don't think the West, I think the Dodgers are still going to win the West, but they're not going to be like the Dodgers of, of old. Uh, you know, I think they, they definitely are you know, a little bit less than they were. So I think it's going to be probably between the Mets and Braves. I think it's going to be who's going to go. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't really care for either team, but if I had to bet on somebody, I probably would bet on the Mets, but they always seem to find a way to screw things up. So who knows? In the American League, uh, I mean, the Yankees look good again. Uh, you know, Blue Jays, the Rays, all those teams in the 
in the East are really good. I mean, the East is going to be a, a total juggernaut. I don't, I don't count the Astros out ever, as much as I don't like them. I don't count them out because they're a really good team. But I think the champion for the AL is going to come for the East. I mean, I don't know if Tampa Bay is for real or not. I mean, they're third. I think they won today, so I think they're fourteen and two and starting off thirteen and zero. But they played a very light schedule. It's still, you got to win those games. And it's impressive they were winning those games, and most of them they were winning by a good amount. They have definitely a better offense than they've had in the past years. They've made playoff runs, so. I think the Rays may maybe their year to, to pull it off and get to the World Series, and so I mean I'm, I'm going to say the Rays. And then Rays know. Mets, who wins? I don't know. Well, my heart's with, with the Rays because one, I don't like the Mets, and two, I grew up in Florida uh, for most of my growing up years, so I'm, I'm going to say the Rays. But it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting uh, situation, and I mean, baseball is just, it's all about you know longevity. Can players stay healthy? I mean, that's always the big thing. If guys can stay healthy. Your team can really, uh, uh, you can really, you know, do something, and that's that's a big big deal that uh, you know you have to have. You have to have a little bit of luck, and like the Angels have had a lot of bad luck in the last few years of injury. They've had some teams that have been probably playoff teams that have had injuries that have really hurt them, that kept them from making that playoffs. And uh, you know, so if, if they can get a little bit of luck and stay healthy, you know, they could be a team that could could really surprise people. And, you know, not just by making the playoffs, but maybe making a deep run to the playoffs. So, I mean, but, but I mean, I, I'm not going to be a total homer and say the Angels are going to do something this year, but I, I like the chances of at least making the playoffs this year. But again, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's a long season, a lot can happen. And uh, so we'll see. And they still got to get past the Astros. I know they're struggling in the early part of the season, but they got to get yeah. past that team, their stacked team. Yeah, well, no, the Astros. I don't think they're quite as good as they have been, but they're still they're still good. And they have a lot of young talent. So, yeah, you're right about that for sure. All right, Rice. Well, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, it was a lot of fun. No you are a wealth of wisdom. Uh, I'm sure you'll come on again. We can get more in-depth into some of those stories. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Take care of yourself, Scott, and take care of yourself, Jake and Chris, and uh, hope you guys have a good Sunday afternoon and go Lakers. Thanks, yeah, thanks Rice. Go. It's a pleasure having you Bye. on. Bye-bye. Thanks, Dave. Okay. All right. That was a good interview with Rice. We talked about NBA. We talked about MLB. We talked about some of the interviews and some of the interactions with some famous people that he had. I loved it. I think that he has a lot of really good stories that we didn't even get into, and maybe we can get into that another time. But right now, we're going to get into mailbag. Mailbag. All right. So uh, we got a question from uh, Nick in New York. So the break-even percentage for minus 110 is 52.38%. But a lot of picks you guys put out are for minus 30 or even shorter odds, especially for the uh, player props. Why does the algorithm seem to favor those instead of the ones with longer odds but a lower break-even percentage? And I have a lot to say about this, but I think that since he talked about player props, you should probably handle this one first, Jake. Yeah, so what I would say is that the hold is a big part of this. So the minus 110 that he's talking about is 
that's a, the standard uh, hold for a team bet. And I obviously do uh, the player props. <clears throat> the hold is a lot, a lot higher for the player props, uh, player props because there's a margin of error that the sports books cannot account for. So they basically raise the rake in order to place that bet. So because, let's say it's a minus 130, like he brought up, I'm not so concerned with that as I'm looking for a higher profitability in the long run. Like if it's minus 130, I'll do the break even right now. Um, on the, let's see. I'll, I should have done the calculation before. I'll do all the calculations for you. Okay. So minus 130, 130 is 56.5%. Okay. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. 130 divided by 230. So 56%. So, Basically, my bets are winning at 50, almost 59.5%, and a minus 130 is at 56%. So you're looking at almost a 3% uh, little, uh, percent of cushion, you know? So 3% plus cushion. EV. Yeah, exactly. 3% plus EV. In the long run, obviously, it's going to add up. I'm not going to win every single bet, but... In the long run, three percent adds up significantly. So, the minus one thirty, I, I know that it's considerably higher than the minus one ten for teams, but the the more important part to focus on is what the winning percentage is. So, at a minus one thirty, they want you to win at fifty six percent, actually like fifty six point five percent, and my rates. The win rates that I've done historically has been closer to 60%. So you have, I don't know, at least a 3% cushion there. So I love your question. And you, you've historically asked great questions. Keep, keep them coming. Yeah, we want the questions to keep coming. And I think the important thing to, to know is that it's a mathematical equation. It's all about math. Like when you're asking like is it should it be a minus 110 should it be a minus 130 well a minus 110 is 52.38 percent and then like jake said a minus 130 is 56.52 percent but we are basing all of our picks off of a model and that model shows us what the percentage should be and so if it's if our model is showing 60% win rate or 62% win rate, which I think that can you normally win on a player prop. If we're getting minus 130, we have a 4% plus EV or we have a 6% plus EV on that. And so that's a good starting off point. We go into other things like we talked about with Michael Fiddle on the last podcast where we go into systems bettings, we go into line movement, we go into we go into a little bit with trends even though that's not something that you want to like completely like base all of your bets off of yeah. but it all starts with models yeah. we have a model that we base all this off of and our model is telling us one thing and the books are saying another thing so we're going to look into that exactly and that's what the difference is it's it's we made fun of it a little bit on the last podcast but we are looking at plus EV. That's 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 what we're looking at. That's, yeah, that's what we're all, finding. That's all it comes down to. It's long run profitability. So we have a, a system that we've done for years, and we have a small profit that we make per bet. And each bet, we we're obviously not guaranteed to win, but we have a positive EV, 
and in the long run that adds up to a lot look at casinos they only have a few percent edge and they're able to provide all these like amenities uh free room free food i mean we're not doing that yet but we probably (laughs) should (laughs) your free rooms are coming soon but the the one thing that i wanted to say is the short answer to this is if it's a minus 110 and there's a 52 point what is it 52 whatever 0.38 if there's a 52.38% chance of winning that's the break even that means that we probably our models probably show 56% or higher mm-hmm. if it's a minus 130 and it's a 56.5% then our models probably show that it's 60% let's say it's minus 150 Let's do that right now in real time. Minus 150 is 60%. Exact. Minus 150 show is... Them. Okay, let, let's show them how we're doing the calculation too because that's important. So it's a very easy calculation. So if it's minus 150, the okay. equation is minus one. It's 150. Take the 150 and then you divide it by 150 plus 100. That's the equation. So if it's minus 160, you do 160 divided by 160 plus 100. So we're doing minus 150 right now. So minus 150 is 150 divided by 150 plus 100 is 250. So you always do 150 plus 250 divided by 250, sorry. 150 divided by 250 and that equals 0.6. 0.6 is 60%. So your break even is 60%. So if we are giving out a pick that is minus 150 that means at the base at the very start our models are saying probably that it's a 65 percent that doesn't mean that we give out all of those picks that just means that it if you look at all of our picks like a filter like a funnel that means that if it's if it's a minus 150 and we need 60 percent if it's at a 65% win rate on the model, that means that we knock it into the funnel. So then it just like falls into the funnel and then that funnel then shows other algorithm. That's part of the algorithm. And then we have to like go past other filters. Does that make any sense? Am I making sense right now? Yeah, yeah you basically take a, 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 mo- or a bet that makes or meets your criteria and then you run it through other uh, layers which is an algorithm yeah Yeah. exactly so yeah but it but it doesn't even drop into our algorithm unless it passes the model first Mm -hmm. and so that's why we do minus 130s that's why we do minus 150 sometimes is because and you're is because it, it 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 first meets the model test first we do that more with player props with Team bets, it's all across the board. Anytime I see a minus 110 versus a minus 105, you're going to see I'm going to put the minus 105 out on there. You're going to see a lot of minus 130s, minus 140s with soccer props or with soccer unders because there's a lot of unders that are like two and two and a half, but it's better to take the two and a half. So you're going to do the minus 130, the minus 140. Um, with team bets, though, you're also going to see a lot of plus 130s. You're not, you're not asking like, well, why are we taking plus 130s? The reason why we're taking plus 130s is like at a plus 130, you flip it. So it's 
130 divided by 230 and you inverse it, that means it's a 43.5% chance. So if I see that it's going to win half the time, then it's going to drop into the funnel. So with team bets, there's a lot of pluses, especially since we're going into the baseball season. The baseball season is a long season and there's a lot of data and you're going to get a lot of pluses. So there's going to be like ups and downs a lot more with like other sports but with player props there's a lot of unders or there's a lot of um you're gonna play in a lot of juice you have a lot of minus 130s you have a lot of minus 140s with player props but it's always because our models say the percentage is above what it is yeah i i completely agree with everything you said i just want to speak from like the sports books point of view is that there's a margin of error in what they're trying to predict so they have a line and it's not like it's not the a line that is actually true that they know that this is the line it's like the the line gets pushed by the market and then the the market moves and you basically get in that line at at any given time and you don't i don't know the sooner you get in the better obviously for the most part but you don't you don't know where that line's going to move I think that we're mathematical nerds and it's hard for us to like talk about what we want to talk about. So let's get out of our corner. Let's get into Chris's corner because he can explain things a little bit better. Chris, what do you have for us this week? You guys want a recommendation? We do. All right. So I have a podcast uh, for this, for the, all of our uh, Northeast uh, Ohio fans. And it's called the uh, across the Cavs podcast. And uh, they cover the Cavs. You can find them at at Across the Cavs on Twitter or search on podcasts uh, on Apple for Across the Cavs. Uh, Zach Weiss is the host, and he provides analysis and breakdowns of the Cavs. He's very knowledgeable, and he said if you listen to his podcast for more than three minutes and he doesn't prove to you that he knows his shit, then he agrees you should stop listening. So <laughs> okay. I love it. That's what he said. That's pretty so, impressive. And I listened. I sent it to my uh, family in Ohio, and they like it. So What's the name yeah. of it again? It's uh, Across the Cavs. I'll start listening. Yeah. What does he think about that first game, the Knicks beat the Cavs? I got to listen anything? back okay. about what he said on the last episode. But um, I, I would imagine he said the same thing that I would have said, which is the Cavs were going to beat them. But... Randall came back and Randall performed huge and Jalen Brunson, like Mm -hmm. I can't believe the Mavericks let him go. He is so good and they just let him go. And I love Kyrie, but I mean, Jalen Brunson gives you a lot of things that Kyrie would and they just let him walk. What do you guys think about Randall leaving the Lakers too? I was going to bring that up. <laughs> I, I wanted to hear Chris's opinion because you follow I mean, the, they, they didn't want to sign at the time when it happened. I mean, Randall wasn't who he is now. I He's liked younger. him when he came in and he had that freak injury his first year. They kind of had to let him go at that time because um, the, their sat the money. The set, I mean, they could have signed him to a big contract, but you never knew if like he would have been what he is now. So I understood why they let him go with that injury. Is yeah. that the, the big part of it for you? It's the injury, and they had a lot of other young guys, and 
Yeah, we can get into a lot more about that, how they sacrificed their future for LeBron. Got him a championship, so. Got him a championship, yeah. and then they're also where they're at now, where they have like a lot of, they make so many moves. Yeah. They make a yeah. lot of moves. Well, Palinka, who's their now GM, was Kobe's agent, and when he got hired, he got them that first championship, and They've sucked for the last year and a half, and everyone's like, fire him, get rid of Palinka. And now he brought in what you should do with LeBron is bring in shooters. All just surround him 100%. with people who can shoot. That's all you gotta do. That's what the Heat did with yeah. like uh completely home slice that was like the best three point shooter of all time. Ray Allen. Ray Allen, yeah. thank you. And then also with Cleveland, they had great three point shooters. Yeah, they always surrounded him with three point shooting. Like LeBron I don't like watching him play, but if you surround him with three-point shooters, he's going to figure out a way to do it. I, I think they won tonight. This is being recorded on Saturday. I think they won by like 13 against Memphis tonight, uh, which is funny because I, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah. Memphis is going to give them a lot of yeah, trouble. And I was like, I don't think they're, Memphis is going to give them any trouble. They won by 16. They, they won have, by 16. They have Ja Morant, and then they don't have anyone else. They have Steven Adams, who's hurt. So I didn't think this series was actually going to be that close. I was a little surprised about the Golden State game last night, but Golden State's such a veteran team that I don't think that they're really that shook by losing game one. They yeah. just needed, they know they need to take one of those first two games. They had that game last night. So Agreed. yeah, I, there's a chance that we could see a Lakers Suns Western conference. Uh, championship. I don't, I don't want that because the Suns are going to win. No, but that's like <laughs> that's that could be the the highest probability. Probably, we, we would have to look into that. Yeah, but yeah you're right. I don't know what the uh, the breakdown of the. I think that's a very brackets good are. I don't. Well, let's see. I guess. That's an interesting one. That's definitely could be, and then we're going to have to do a bunch of live shows. We're going to have to do one live show if it goes to oh, game seven. We're going to do a that's live a live show. show. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. That would be yeah. great. And then uh, we might all, it might end in a big giant fight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's the podcast. We got, uh, I think we made two or three podcasts in this time. Um, that was great. Chris's corner. Just want to remind everybody to sign up on dubclub.win. You bet smart. You can search for it in the search bar. You can also DMS for 50% off on your first month. We'll give you what the promo code is for on that. Just DM us on Twitter. You can DM us on Discord. Follow us on Twitter. You bet smart at you bet smart. It's also you bet smart on the Discord. All of them. I think it's you bet smart. You can find us all on it. That's everything, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.